Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Lens into Medicine, a platform and community where future medical professionals are encouraged to join to learn more about what the future holds for them. I'm your host, Parth. This podcast will be a place where we talk about what really happens in medicine, including the healthcare education leading up. We'll bring on current university students, residents, and healthcare professionals to learn more about their experiences along the journey. Surrounded by the internet in this day and age, people only seem to highlight their wins and successes. As a result, I wish to bring transparency and reveal the raw details that lie along the way. I can't wait to meet you, and I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Lens into Medicine. Today, we'll be talking all about fellowships, and our guest is Dr. Gerardo, a general surgery resident. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, doctor. Yeah, Parth, thanks for having me on. I think it's great what you're doing. I'm excited to, uh, you know, let some other high schoolers know what's going on. Yeah, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? You know, how was your summer? How is residency treating you? Everything like that? Sure, yeah. I'm Rod Gerardo. I'm a general surgery resident in Ohio. Um, summer's going great. I actually am just busy between night shifts and trauma call in the hospital and stuff. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, this year, I'm a third year resident. Sorry, that's my dog. You probably get the the chain in the podcast there. Uh, the, um, the plan for this year as a third year resident, a lot of what I do is, you know, learning to uh, get better in the operating room is kind of the thought. So oh, okay, that's nice. the goal for this year. Nice, nice, nice. So uh, I asked everyone this before, you know, we get into the actual chunk of the questions. Well, uh, you know, what was your inspiration for choosing this like specific career path? Sure. So I actually went to med school to be a pediatrician. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. I worked in a pediatrics office when I was in high school and then when I was in college and that was all my volunteer work and stuff. And then I got to med school and loved, you know, working with kids and stuff. But then I did my surgery rotation and immediately I was hooked. I got addicted to the operating room. So uh, that's kind of what got me into this. I think I just like the the acuity. I like the hands-on nature of surgery. Uh, so I had to do it. So here I am. Do you think in the future you're ever going to try to get into pediatric surgery or anything like a mix between the two? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done uh, a lot of pediatric surgery research. Um, so I do enjoy, you know, pediatric surgeons and I think the field of pediatric surgery. And I do still believe that even if I don't choose pediatric surgery as a fellowship, I do believe that kids are the best patients. They're the best patients to have. So, yeah. Yeah. That that's great. So you know, you just said something uh, just before. You said you said fellowships. So can you explain to our audience what are fellowships? Sure. So after uh, in the United States, to be a practicing physician, you have to finish a residency, whether it's internal medicine, surgery, etc., pediatrics. But then, if you want to subspecialize in a subset of that specialization. Then you have to do extra training, which is known as a fellowship. So once you complete your residency, you know, you apply for fellowship, you get accepted, and then you go do some subset of whatever that was. So for example, I'm in a general surgery residency. It's five to seven years or more. And then within that, uh, you can choose to do 
a subspecialty within general surgery, like pediatric surgery, trauma surgery, vascular, breast, surgical oncology. There are so many options. So you just kind of narrow the scope of practice to be something more specific. Um, and that is what fellowship training is. One to two or three extra years after your residency to become a specialized, subspecialized, I should say, subspecialized physician. So do they add on extra years to your training or do you do them like do you do them in a time period so that when you're supposed to finish your, for example, your residency for general surgery, you'd also do it for pediatric surgery? Like how does that work in like the grand scheme of things like this? Sure. It absolutely adds extra years. You have to finish your residency before you can move on to fellowship. So you're looking at, you know, adding at least one extra year to your training before you're uh, practicing on your own. Okay. So, you know, I guess, why do people do them? Like, what are the pros other than the fact that you get to specialize and deal with something that you want to? Are there anything like, is there monetary gain or like anything like that? Sure. Yeah. I think depending on the subspecialty that you choose more often than not, there is a monetary gain, but then I think the main thing that the main reason people choose to do is because you then get to practice in a very specific field that interest you during your, you know, your residency or something like that. You get to do something uh, more tailored to what you like. Because if you think about it, if you go into general surgery, the, like, if you think about it, let's say I, I did this, you know, five years of general surgery training, um, I could come out of it and just be a general and be a general surgeon in the community. And that's yeah. great. But that means that you're taking care of all of the different uh, disease processes that a general surgeon would take care of. And it's a wide scope, but if you really are specific and you like, you do your residency, like, I just like the vascular surgery stuff, then you could just do the vascular surgery stuff for the rest of your life. And that's what fellowship has to offer. So there's a certain style, a certain type of surgeries that you like, a certain type of patient population that you like, then, uh, that's available to you with fellowship. So do you think that like, they can help you like finding a job afterwards or do you think that uh, employers are looking for people with fellowships more often than people that don't have fellowships? Totally depends on where you want to practice, how much money you want to make, you know, the kind of hospital system you want to work at. If you want to work in private practice or if you want to work for a big institution, you know, there are so many variables that go into that. Um, I think that, uh, depending on where you plan on being a doctor, then a fellowship can help you or hurt you. So uh, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, everyone's own personal, personal situation. Yeah. So what do you think are some drawbacks for doing a fellowship? Why would someone not want to do it other than like, you just brought up, like, you know, it can hurt you in some places because I don't know, maybe there's not as many people in that area or something like that. So what are some, you know, other drawbacks to doing a fellowship? Sure. Some drawbacks I can think of right off the top of my head is, First of all, the financial gain. If you think about it, you could finish your surgery residency and be a general surgeon, you know, right after that and be making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Or you could spend one to three extra years making, you know, a little bit more than a resident. So there's a financial loss of potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars, even in just those first three years that you could be practicing, but instead you're doing a fellowship. Now, theoretically, that would be then you know, you would make that up down the road because theoretically f some fellowships, you know, pay more, they are, get more, uh, higher salaries than, yeah. than generalist physicians. 
But, you know, that's certainly one thing to consider. And then the other thing to consider that would be like a, a negative is kind of what I was alluding to previously is that there's a kind of a geography to it. You know, sometimes um, depending on the city or location that you want to practice, certain specialties may be saturated and certain ones may be more in need. So then if you want to practice close to home and you find out like, oh, you know, nobody's hiring general surgeons right now there, you know, that might be something to, that would sway you one way or the other, you know? Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about like the process to land a fellowship and like what it takes to do that. So like, how are they determined and, you know, and like what is involved in the process? Yeah, it's, it's an application process. It's not too dissimilar from the residency match process. It goes through, uh, basically, similarly, you, you go through a computer algorithm where you would apply for fellowships. Fellowships would then look through the pool of applicants and select the ones they want to interview. From that, both the applicants and the pro fellowship programs will rank those uh, everyone from their favorite to their least favorite. So like, you know, if I were to apply for a fellowship and I would interview at like 10 places, you know, I would rank those 10 places from my favorite to my least favorite, put that into the computer algorithm. Similarly, the other programs will rank all their applicants and say, these are my favorite ones from like one to whatever it is, 35 or something like that. The computer algorithm then determines the best match based on what everybody prefers. So then, you know, so then you have a, it spits out the, the, the results and then everyone finds out where they're going for the rest of their, you know, one to three years. So, um, what all is it, like, what, what all happens at the application? Like, do you have to like take more exams? Do you have to do more recommendation letters? Like what all specificities and what all details need to be provided to those, uh, applications? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, basically you don't have to necessarily take an exam to, apply for fellowship, but depending on the, um, depending on the residency program that you do then, or the, the specialty that you do, every residency is going to have, at least in the United States, is going to have an in-service training exam. They have an exam that every resident takes every year for that specialty. So that is the test that is supposed, quote unquote, supposed to be like a, uh, kind of like, um, I don't know, like your standardized test that people look at, but then you need just like when you're applying to residency, you need letters of recommendation, you need, you know, research publications, presentations, you know, uh, volunteer work, things like that, whatever you do that goes onto your resume, that goes onto your fellowship application. Now, um, you wouldn't have to take any extra exams to apply for fellowship, but then to be a, like, a subspecialized whatever physician, you would have to take then uh, an exam afterwards specifically for that subspecialty. So you would have to take, you know, for example, if I did vascular surgery, I'd have to take my general surgery board exam and I would also have to take a vascular surgery board exam. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you just said like how like the amount of things that can you can put on your resume to apply for fellowship. How how do you think people balance applying for them with doing their normal residency and then like whatever like responsibility that you have to deal with like throughout life? Oh yeah, but the the balance is everything. It's incredibly difficult. But you're gonna find that if you're, you know, in high school now and you're starting down the path of doing a, uh, you know, going to college to be a going to college to do like a pre med biology thing, 
you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to um, study, do well in your classes, do well in your tests, and then also do research and volunteer work and work a job and all this stuff that happens in med school too. You have to take tests, but you also have to do research, volunteer. It doesn't stop. So you have to figure out that balance early on because it's just going to get more and more, uh, you're going to have more and more projects as you go on through your training. You know, I work 60 to 80 hours a week in my surgery residency, but to be a competitive fellowship applicant, I still have to have publications. I still have to present at meetings. I still have to do research. You know what I'm saying? So um, the balance, everyone finds their own level of work-life, you know, balance. But I'll tell you now that I think it's good for people to get into the habit of practicing that early uh, because it's just going to carry with you for the rest of your medical career. Do you think that because you have to do so much, is it starting to get more competitive to lend the fellowship that you want? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's getting more and more competitive every year for every fellowship. They're all going to be more competitive. They're going to keep happening. And that's just the nature of, I think, medicine today is it's more competitive to get into med school. It's more competitive to get into residency. It's more competitive to get into fellowship because there are more people and not, uh, you know, an equivalent number of new spots Okay. despite an increasing number of people. Um, so yeah, of course it's going to get more competitive and, uh, until, you know, some sort of bubble bursts and then people realize how crazy is this grind is. So does the, does how competitive a specific fellowship is, for example, like, I don't know, a dermatology fellowship or something like that compared to a surgery res- uh, fellowship are, are some, subspecialties or even like residencies harder to get spe- uh, fellowships to than others? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, they're, um, you know, there's like a, a joke that if you, you know, you want to do trauma, then all you have to do is graduate from a five-year program and have a pulse and you can get into a trauma fellowship. There's a joke about that, but then, you know, at the same time, you got to think there are also very competitive trauma surgery fellowships out there. People want to go to the big name places like, you know, shock trauma or big red or, you know, Hopkins and stuff like that. Yeah. People want to go to these big name places. So even if there are fellowships that just on the whole are more competitive than others within each fellowship, then you have to think there are also spots that are more competitive than others. You know, for example, everyone wants to go to an Ivy League school or something like that, have an Ivy League school on their resume. So like those are going to be more competitive, but they might be more competitive in a field that is less competitive than another field. Okay. Hopefully I'm making sense. Yeah. There's just too much variability. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I get that. So I guess my last question before I get into like the outro question and all that stuff is, do people trust doctors that have done fellowships more? Like, do patients trust you if you've done a fellowship more than, uh, I don't know, someone else? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, you got to think, when it comes to surgery, you have to think, what does this surgeon do every day, day in, day out, for the past several years? What are they trained in? You know what I mean? Like, if you have a pediatric surgeon, I would assume that, most parents would trust that pediatric surgeon to do their kids operation versus a, I don't know, like a vascular surgeon who just takes care of adults, Yeah, you know, or surgical oncologist would be better to take care of a complex, you know, pancreatic tumor 
than a, I don't know, like a plastic surgeon or a burn surgeon. You know what yeah. I mean? So when it comes to trust, I think it, it's not necessarily the fact that you did a fellowship. It's what you did a fellowship in and what the patient needs, what surgery the patient needs. And that's where I think the trust falls in. Okay. So if you had one piece of advice that you could give to people who want to do what you're doing, you know, they want to get to med school and do what you're about to do one day, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them just have fun because there's so if you are starting on this path now in high school, I'll tell you now, you're going to put a lot of time into studying. You're going to put a lot of time into working. You're going to put a lot of time into doing things that, you know, you kind of have to do to whether it's checking a box or, you know, adding to your resume or something like that. That's just the nature of medicine today and how it's kind of like what you were alluding to. It's, it's highly competitive now. So you have to, you know, enjoy yourself. You have to have hobbies. You're never going to be in high school again. You're never going to be in college again, you know, so join some clubs, have fun, you know, um, because I don't know when you get to this point where you're in residency, yeah. you know, you, 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 uh, you probably want to have some hobbies already chosen, some coping mechanisms, you know, ready to, uh, to use because you don't, you don't have as much time as you used to. So that would be my advice. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think that's something that high schoolers now are stopping to do. There's like, cause competitiveness is starting to be, come everywhere you know even like getting into undergrad schools you want to get into the ivy well i mean you're going to take fifteen thousand clubs that you don't want to do sleep later study more so i mean i guess i guess that's something everywhere i think that many people don't know that you have to do what you want to do with time as well so thank you for that and exactly yeah you yeah. guys will be fine you'll be fine so yeah thank you and for the listeners if you have made it this far thank you so much for listening uh, a review or rating would really help me out. And please follow the both of us on Instagram. Uh, I can be found at Alendina Medicine. And Dr. Gerardo can be found at doctor.rod.md. And I also have a website, alendinamedicine.com. If you want to learn more about me or what I do, go to that. Um, and do you have anything you want to say to the listeners? No, just uh, thanks so much for doing this. And, um, you know, keep it up. I think that a lot of people need to hear these kinds of stories. Not necessarily mine. But, you know, other residents' stories would be nice. So keep it up. Thank you so much. And I will see you all next time. Bye. Awesome.